2: Indeed it is. The Bob France Authority, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we begin on this Friday morning. I will not call it a free-for-all for for reasons I'll explain in a moment. The 12th morning of the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2018. Not a free-for-all because there's going to be very few opportunities for you to get in with your free-for-all calls today. We are loaded up on some very important guests. Uh, they're going to be starting in about uh, 12 minutes. Uh, a rare first half hour guest today uh, had to squeeze everybody in. Robert Kylo, you remember the name Robert Kylo? Yeah, former uh, mayoral candidate. He was in the GOP primary field uh, as uh, the Republicans tried to find somebody who could knock uh, Frank Jackson off of his perch. Not successful, but he is still contributing to the community. I have a lot of respect for that. I really do. You know, he's not in a campaign now. This is legitimately, you know, his interest, and I give him a lot of uh, credit for this. Robert Kylo is going to join us to talk about the Cleveland Ten-Point Coalition. As you know, violent crime continues to be up in the city of Cleveland. Violent crime, we've had, what, this is the third straight year with over 100 murders uh, and other violent crimes as well. It's an issue for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is an understaffed police force because the mayor will not even staff uh, the police force in Cleveland to the levels allowed by the budget or called for in the budget. Uh, but that's just one of the issues. But uh, in particular, the Mount Pleasant neighborhood uh, is uh, suffering. They have an over 200% increase, or higher rather. They are 200% higher than the national average in terms of crime rate. So the Ten Point Coalition has come into town. It's been practiced and tried in Indianapolis, apparently with some great success. What does it mean in Cleveland? Well, it launches tonight. And uh, Robert Kyla will tell us all about it coming up at uh, 920. So that's uh, first, second. Uh, secondly, will be Jim Renacci, Congressman Renacci, hoping to become Senator Renacci. Uh, will join us for his regular nine thirty-five visit. And we'll talk about the President of the United States being in Ohio today, and here in large part to rally for Congressman Renacci. And uh, we're very much looking forward to that. We'll talk to him about what's on the agenda and talk about how and why anybody would oppose. Well, let me rephrase. I'm going to do it in the reverse. Why and how anybody would support a senator like Sherrod Brown, who has stood in stark opposition, in contrast to all of the positive gains that have been made in the nearly two years of the Trump administration? Did not vote for the tax cuts, did not support the president in virtually any one of his endeavors that have led us to record low unemployment, to record uh, high uh, GDP growth, to uh, an incredible rebound uh, in, uh, in the uh, local economy as well as the national economy. All of these things, you know, and we can get into the big long list of accomplishments of President Trump, but all of it has been done in opposition or um, uh, in uh, defiance, if you will, of liberals like Sherrod Brown who have tried to stop and obstruct him at every turn. The success has come because of Republican support in Congress from the likes of Jim Renese. So we're going to talk to Renese about all of the Trump accomplishments thus far, and we'll talk about how prepared Jim Renese is, For debate number one, which is coming up on Sunday, Renacy versus Brown. And that is going to be very, very interesting. So Renacy at 9.35 at 10.05, 10.10 ish, Anthony Gonzalez, who of course is also running for Congress. He won a contested primary, uh, back, uh, in May. And I guess it was in May. And, uh, he is now ready for the big fight. And we're going to talk to Anthony Gonzalez at about 10.10. And then at 10.35, a follow up on a story we did West, uh, Wednesday. And that is uh, Declan Leary will be joining us. He is a student at John Carroll, and uh, he wrote an op-ed in the John Carroll student newspaper that has caused quite a bit of uh, discussion, we'll put it that way mildly and gently, uh, about tolerance of other viewpoints on campus at John Carroll and beyond, and also about the mission of a Catholic university, a Jesuit university, which by many accounts seems to have abandoned the true historical principles and tenets of the Catholic faith. And that's what Declan wrote about. And we're going to talk about that at 1035. So like I said, we're loaded for bear. Uh, I want to say this for now. Last night, thank you so much to all listeners who came out to uh, the Time Warp Bar in Westlake. And I know it wasn't convenient for everybody. It's a weeknight. It's a work night. We're on the west side. So a lot of east side listeners and friends were not able to come out um, and, uh, and say hello. Uh, but uh, to the folks who came out, some really, really wonderfully supportive people got to talk to and meet a lot of wonderful listeners, the regulars, if you will, to our little, uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I compared it, I've I've done it on the air, and I actually said it to a group last night too, you know, I like to compare this show to a bar. Uh, it's very important for a bar owner to keep their regulars. Without the regulars, you lose your business. Well, when you have a radio show like this, you need regulars, people who are who are just dialed in for two hours every day and who are regular callers and have things to say, and they've become celebrities in their own right. Last night I had callers coming up to me and saying, Hey, I'm so-and-so, and I'm looking for so-and-so. Another caller, because they've gotten to know each other kind of just by listening every day, and uh, it was neat to be able to make some of those connections. You are my regulars, and you are the reason I have my bar, uh, or in other words, this show. So thank you to all of those who came out last night, and we hoisted one. We did beers for Brett, as we said we would. Uh, last night, we were uh, – by the way, thanks to Bob Bodie, West Shore Republicans, and thanks to um, uh, Peter Corgan, the uh, Republican candidate for Cuyahoga County Executive, for kind of letting us crash their party. It was their event, a meet-and-greet for Peter Corrigan uh, to try to um, – you know generate some support uh for his run against Armin Butish and from what i understand there is a very very strong groundswell of support for him in that race by the way it is going to be a lot closer than people realize when the new polling comes out on uh tuesday i understand it's going to be tuesday and talking with one of his staffers last night so uh, thanks to Peter Corrigan and thanks to Bob Bodie who organized the event for letting us come out there and uh, toast to Brett Kavanaugh and the rule of law and due process and uh, uh, everything that we find so very, very important. It was really a great event last night. So thanks to the listeners and thanks to you. Uh, not a ton of time for commentary in this first segment, but I am going to squeeze this in because I have to squeeze this in. Um, I, I am just so stunned and shocked and saddened by what is going on um, in, in our national poly- political scene right now as it pertains to race. I am so stunned and shocked that the American left seems to want to pigeonhole black Americans in such a way as to say if they don't tow the liberal Democrat party line, if they don't march in lockstep with the majority of black Americans who are liberal Democrats, then there is something wrong with them. They're sick. They're mentally ill. They're deranged, or they are tokens, or they are uh, house blanks. Uh, they are Uncle Toms. It is a staggering and sad thing to see, but that's exactly what is going on. Let me give you an example. This
0: is CNN. I Wolf. I listen. I don't. There, I have no animosity for um, Kanye West. I'm just going to be honest, and I may get in a lot of trouble for it. I feel actually feel bad for him. What I saw was a minstrel show today. Him in front of all of these white people, mostly white people, embarrassing himself and embarrassing Americans, but mostly African-Americans, because every, every one of them is sitting either at home or with their phones watching this, cringing. I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn the television off.
2: Well, now you know how all viewers of CNN feel. Because that's what we do on the daily. We turn the television off, especially when you are on it, Don Lemon. Have you ever heard anything so insulting in your life? Saying that Kanye West was like watching a minstrel show and that all of black America was home watching it and cringing? Have you ever heard anything so insulting, A, of Kanye West, and B, of all black Americans? How condescending and insulting is it for Don Lemon to assume that his way of thinking is mirrored by all black Americans? We were all embarrassed by Kanye West uh, in his performance at the White House. The notion that no other black Americans can think for themselves and might have been applauding Kanye West, might have actually been very, very appreciative of him stepping up and saying what he believes. Because I promise you, there were many, many African Americans who were. How do I know this? Here's Candace Owens.
3: They are absolutely intolerant, but I'll say this. Most especially, to add to your statement, most especially black people. The Democrats rely on our vote. If they secured 85% of our vote, they would lose. So they need to achieve more than 85% of the black vote to sustain their party. So they have gone through great lengths. To smear Kanye West and what they said last night was not only racist, it was absolutely despicable.
2: It was all of the above. And uh, when we have more time, we'll talk more about this shameful, shameful racist attack on free-thinking, intelligent people who have a different point of view than the view of people like Don Lemon and people on CNN. All right, it's nine We'll get out, so we can come back in and talk to Robert Kylo. We're going to go hyper-local on this story. Not just Cleveland, but one neighborhood of Cleveland going to get a very, very different treatment as they try to attack the problem of crime. That's coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Calm. Calm. 921 now, the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer, and as promised, I want to say good morning to an old friend, uh, Robert Kylo. You remember Robert from appearances here and all over Cleveland when he was a Republican candidate for mayor and uh, unable to, to um, unseat Frank Jackson. He has not stopped trying to help serve the city of Cleveland, particularly with this new Cleveland 10.0 initiative he's going to tell us about this morning. Robert, how are you, sir?
4: Hey, Bob, doing great. How about yourself?
2: I'm great. Robert, I want to tell you, you know, when I spoke with you or actually uh, corresponded with you uh, about this, um, I didn't say this then, but I want to say it now. Um, This is something that I really appreciate and respect, what you're trying to do here. And we'll talk about the details in a moment because there's not a campaign going on right now. And I don't know if you have any other designs on trying to run for office again in the future. But this is something that seems like you're doing from a philanthropic point of view. You care about the city. You care about the community. You're doing something that is not because you're a politician or a political wannabe. Um, your campaign is over. The race is over. And here you are uh, taking part in something like this. And I have a lot of respect for that. Can you tell me why you decided to get involved with this 10-point coalition? And then tell us what it's all about.
4: Well, Bob, first of all, I really appreciate the gracious comments. That means a lot coming from you. I mean, when it's all said and done, before I'm anything, I'm a Christian. And the word talks about loving your neighbor. And I don't have to be the mayor of Cleveland to love my neighbor. And if anything, the campaign last year after being in nine debates and knocking on over 19,000 doors all across the city, I had a great chance to connect with the hearts of the people, and it was clear that in communities like Mount Pleasant and others, they're crying out for safety. And uh, after the campaign ended, I thought, well, I'll continue to roll up my sleeves and do whatever I can. And uh, we actually campaigned on 10-Point Coalition because the former mayor of Indianapolis had introduced me to Reverend Harrison, who's the chairman of the board, who's actually coming to Cleveland today. Mm -hmm. And when I heard of the results that they're having in inner-city neighborhoods in Indianapolis, I thought to myself, you know what, this could be a real blessing for Cleveland and beyond. And I just am trying to stay in my lane and as a volunteer servant leader do the best I can
2: tell us what's happening in Indianapolis before we talk about how it can uh, relate to Cleveland and what can be done here hopefully Uh, give us some of those statistics
4: well in the late 90s uh, some pastors in the inner city said enough is enough it's time to take our streets back and through prayer through boots on the ground going into the communities working with at-risk youth working with ex-gang members nonprofit leaders the private sector to help get young people jobs 20 years later uh, five of the neighborhoods that were traditionally not only the most violent in indianapolis but some of the most violent in the united states have now gone anywhere from 500 to a thousand almost 1200 days without a youth homicide i mean it's miraculous stuff and why it works is because ten point is willing to get out of their comfort zones get out of the four walls of the church and go into the streets and bring hope and true love and i'll tell you what it's working and and we live in a culture. I mean, you were just talking about it in the earlier segment. There's so many divisions in our country. What I love about Ten Point, it's uniting people for a common purpose, which is to serve young people that are at risk. And it's a model that works. And we're having the president of the organization come today to teach us more on how it's done and get us out on the streets. <laughs>
2: It is, uh, it is a, a wonderful thing to hear the success that they've had in Indianapolis. And I do recall listening to you talk about this as a, you know, as a, as a campaign uh, platform or part of your platform when you ran. And again, now that, uh, you're not running, you're still running this and you're running for this. Now there's a launch tonight, as I understand it. So explain to us what exactly is going to happen tonight. What, what are people doing? Are, are people walking around in the, in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood streets and, and acting as de facto police officers or, or what are they doing?
4: No, we're not de facto police officers. We have great respect, respect for law enforcement, but obviously law enforcement does their job and they do it well. We're about prevention and intervention. So these are going to be faith walkers, whether they be pastors, ex-gang members, ex-incarcerated citizens, community leaders, community activists that are indigenous to the Mount Pleasant neighborhood that are going right to hotspots and saying, hey, and, and these are people that have come from the streets. So they can look these young people in the eye and say, if you do not change your life trajectory, there's two destinations for you, prison or the grave. There's a better way. Uh, so that's really the approach is boots on the ground, proactive. And then from there, we're tying them into resources in a wraparound service manner to get them all they need to flourish. So boots on the ground tonight from 7 to 9 p.m. right by East 140th and Kinsman, which is a hot spot of hot spots. And then from there, we're going to point them in the right direction towards
2: prosperity. The reason, Robert Kylo, I, I phrased it the way I did is, is uh, you know, you did an interview with, uh, with uh, Channel 19. And I read your comments there. I did not see or hear them, but I read the comments from their website. And you said that you're doing this from nine, uh, 7 to 9 tonight as the, the launch, but then it's going to be a 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. effort going forward. Um, and you, you're quoted as saying, "When the underground economy is flourishing, sad to say, and it is that, and that's danger zone. Those are danger zones there, and that's why I'm just, you know, you're not de facto police officers, but essentially there's a lot of crime taking place there, and you're going to try to intervene and try to stop these kinds of things, and trying to reach people at a very, very dangerous time. So, um, can can you talk about that and how, you know, the volunteers and the folks with the boots on the ground out there are, you know, are going to deal with the fact that it really is a uh, you know a, a dangerous place to be at a dangerous time of day
4: well first of all it's a good question we've had multiple conversations with commander kutz of the 4th district police we've mm-hmm. reached out to them in a proactive way to let them know we're out there uh, they're they're definitely there to support us behind the scenes uh, we just spoke with their officers and their roll calls this week so there is an alliance there with law enforcement but on the streets of cleveland we cannot be perceived as a, as an extension of law enforcement That being said, you know what's been the most inspiring thing of this whole thing, Bob, has been the OG. Now, look, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I was raised in Olmstead Falls. I thought an OG meant offensive guard until recently. (laughs) In in, in this case, it means original gangster. And and we're going out there with individuals that used to lead gangs who came to Christ, came out of prison, and said, I'm going to go fix the very neighborhoods I used to destroy. There's the street cred. I have zero street cred. But the individuals in Mount Pleasant have tons of street cred because the young people can relate to them because they know them from where they came. So that's the key. The pastors, the organizational leaders like myself are actually there to come along the OGs so that they can go bear fruit by reaching the hearts of these young people. So therein lies where the rubber meets the road.
2: That's so very important too. I knew about OG from a movie years and years ago, an early 90s movie called uh, South Central. And that's why my first uh, exposure to the word OG. So I knew what it meant. And if you do have original gangsters, and these are some of the, uh, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, iconic figures in the, you know, in the, in the drug trade or in the, you know, criminal gang, Industry, if you will, of a various area coming in to work with you and to share that message of hope and that there's a better way than what we did. That's what that movie was all about, by the way. I don't know if you ever saw it, but that that's a really fantastic idea. Um, so, so give me the specifics again. Uh, how does somebody get involved with the Ten Point Coalition? If they say, "Hey, I want to be there. I want to join you. I want to, you know, learn about it and maybe even participate in it and be, you know, some of the boots on the ground." What do what do what do we you know what do we have to do for that?
4: Well, it's a great question. I mean, first of all, you can go to org. That's the mothership. They're the model that's been doing this for 20 years. Reverend Harrison, as I mentioned, is the president of the board who's coming here today. I mean, this guy is like a modern-day Dr. King, one of the probably the most inspiring persons I've ever met. But you can go to org and you can learn about the model and how things work. If you have any questions, I can give you our Cleveland Ten Point email. It's c l e 10 T E N point uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm late to the game on that, forgive me, but uh, we launched our Twitter account a few days ago. That's at Clee 10 point. Uh, and certainly, if, if I don't know if you want me to give my number over the, the air, but. Well, that, that's that we up to you.
2: Uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I'm fine with yeah, it. That's uh, up to you if you want uh, to put that on the air. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, glad to do it. So again, Robert, last name's Kylo. My cell is area code 216 410. 4373. There's a press conference tonight at Mount Pleasant Now Development Corporation located at 13815 Kinsman Road, which is right around East 139th and Kinsman. That press conference is at 330. Then we're having a stakeholder blueprint meeting from 5 to 7 so that individuals that are interested can learn more. And then we're going to go hit the streets from 7 to 9 for the First faith Patrol. So plenty of opportunities to engage.
2: Well, I'm so glad to learn all of that, and I hope people took those, some of those things down, because, you know, there are a lot of very good people in that Mount Pleasant neighborhood, as there are in all neighborhoods. There are a lot of very good people who are afraid to leave their houses, who are afraid to, you know, to, to live a normal life. They're always on guard. They're always, you know, kind of trying to watch their six, if you will, uh, because they just don't know what's happening. The crime is so high and so rampant there, and somebody has to do something. Obviously, we need more police. obviously, we're very understaffed in that regard, but to take a proactive approach like this might provide these people with the chance that they need to feel safe in their homes and safe in their neighborhoods coming out of their homes. so I really really hope not only uh that uh, you have success today with uh you know the launch and everything you just described, Robert, but I also hope you'll check it back in with me and with us uh you know as the weeks go on and we can talk about progress and uh and and really make sure that we keep this as a uh, as, as a spotlighted feature, okay.
4: Well, Bob, I'd love to, and I know you've got a break, so I'll say this in 20 seconds. What's amazing about this is that it transcends socioeconomical status, it transcends race, it transcends political party. I mean, you've got an organization where the president is an African-American Democrat working with the vice president of the United States to help spread it across the country.
2: Well, Here that in is Cleveland, outstanding. You've got,
4: I mean, it's, it's cutting across all the things that need to be cut across so that we can come together so that the name of Jesus can be lifted up and so people can be liberated from fear. That's a good thing
2: political bipartisanship and racial bipartisanship all in an effort to keep people safe. I love all of it. Uh, Robert Amen. Kylo, former mayoral candidate and uh, the chair of the Cleveland Ten Point Coalition. Uh, Rob, uh, uh, Robert, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon.
4: Bob, thanks for having me on. I appreciate
2: it. You got it. God bless. That's Robert Kylo joining us. We'll get to news now because we've got Congressman Jim Renacci next right here on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 9.36 now, the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer, thanks to Robert Kylo. We are loaded up with guests today, as noted in the uh, opening of the show, coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, congressional candidate Anthony Gonzalez, who wants to uh, replace Congressman Jim Renacy in a seat that is going to be vacated due to Mr. Renese's run for the Senate. Anthony Gonzalez will join us. And at uh, 10.35, you're going to want to hear a conversation that I have with a student at John Carroll University who is... um, trying to restore Catholicism and uh, Jesuit tenets and principles of the faith to his university and is getting a lot of pushback from some very progressive-minded people on that campus. So we'll follow that story up at 1035. But for now, as noted, Congressman Renace, who wants to be Senator Renace, has got a very, very big weekend coming up, including debate number one against sitting Senator Sherrod Brown on Sunday. Joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you today? I am outstanding, and I'm really, really outstanding because I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Sherrod Brown trying to say some of the things that he has said about you in his nonstop negative campaign ads to your face when we get in front of a, a debate forum uh, situation on Sunday.
5: Well, I am as well, although I doubt he will do that. He's kind of set. The I cards do too. <laughs> to, uh, he set the cards to favor himself, which is uh Uh, part of the debate. But, uh, anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good, solid debate. We're gonna talk about issues, and I'm gonna talk about why he should not be a, uh, a senator going forward. He's someone who doesn't represent Ohio, Bob. I, I still don't know how people can vote for somebody who's the fourth most liberal senator in the country, voting 97% of the time with his party. He's now collected over $27 million from lobbyists. His biggest lobbyist dollars are coming from lawyers. Uh, and law firms, and also the healthcare industry, which he complains about, and all these industries he complains about, um, even the banking industry are just rolling money into his pocket, and yet he's the one who says he's for the little guy,
2: Congressman. So much ground to cover here uh, about that. As I said, you know. He has been making so many accusations against you and trying to paint you in a, in a certain way through his campaign ads, and he's got a ton of them. He's very well funded, and a lot of people I talk to are saying, well, when is Congressman Renese going to respond to those? And and you've done it somewhat in campaign ads. You've done it certainly on this program, and you and I have talked about this in the past, but obviously a uh, much wider reach is necessary. And I keep telling people, wait until we get to the debate. Wait until we get to the debate, because that's when Congressman Renese is going to have the forum and he's going to have the opportunity to respond to some of those things by Brown, and most importantly, Congressman, To remind everybody not just why Sherrod Brown should not be in the Senate because he doesn't represent Ohio, but because of what you have done in the United States House to support the agenda of President Trump and the, um, you know, the conservative movement that has, you know, essentially given Republicans power in, in, in all of the government over the course of the last several years. You've got a very positive story to tell and that's something you get to do, uh, you know, on that debate stage.
5: Well, absolutely, Bob. And again, the frustration, I realize people are frustrated. They want me to go up on TV. I hope they start to realize it's $2 million a week. And the reason Sherrod Brown is up on TV is when I got into this race, he had already raised $21 million. So he is literally spending $2 million a week now. He has those resources. And people say to me, why don't you get up on TV? $2 million a week times five weeks is $10 million i got to run a campaign, and I hope people start to understand. I also had to run a primary campaign. I had to spend over a million and a half dollars in a primary. So it's not like what I have loved to have been raising money for the last six years, what I'd love to be sitting on, you know, $14 million today and started bombarding him. The problem is that's our system, and our system says when you get in, which is seven months, it's very difficult to compete on TV, and I hope your listeners start to realize that. But where we are competing is on the ground. Where we are competing is in social media, and where we are competing every day is continue to get around and get our message around. Would it be nice to spend $2 million a week on TV? Absolutely. But the problem is um, that's the disadvantage when you're running against an incumbent who's been around for 44 years, in the House and Senate for 25 years, and just announced yesterday he raised 27. He's at $27 million now from special interest groups.
2: That is a staggering total, and that really says a lot. I hope it says a lot to the voters of Ohio to really understand, you know, who he represent uh, represents. You know, most of his ads try to paint him as as being the blue collar worker guy. You know, he's he's got his rumpled ad, and I'm I'm, I look all disheveled because I'm always down there in the trenches with the people. He's not with the people, as you just pointed out. He's with special interest groups. But he's running this this campaign, this in my opinion, this deceptive campaign that's trying to make it look uh, make it appear as though he is the grassroots guy and that's he's the overly well-funded special interest group financed candidate in, in this race
5: well absolutely and bob that's why i always ask your listeners if they were in my shoes where were they going to get the two million dollars a week to run at so please they have to understand the way we win this thing is grassroots get out to vote make sure your voice is heard but again i when when he says this when sheriff brown talks about the, his blue collar background when he, when he wears the canary on his lapel and say that's for coal miners. I get so disgusted because my grandfather was a coal miner, his grandfather wasn't. When he talks about the steel workers, my uncles were steel workers. When he talks about the union workers, my dad was a union worker. My dad was a a railroad worker. This is the frustration I have because I actually came from that blue collar background. Jerry Brown was the son of a doctor who went to Yale. It's a frustrating statement when he can lie on TV and the only response that I keep hearing, which is very frustrating for me, is where you got to get up and start spending $2 million. I wish I could, but the answer is on November 6th, we got to get, instead of worrying about $2 million a week in TV, let's get millions of people out there voting to change and remove Sherrod Brown. That's the answer. That's the effort. That's what we got to do.
2: Uh, Congressman Jim Renace is our guest. It's 942. President Trump is in the Buckeye State today. He's going to be down South Cincinnati way and it's going to be a giant rally for, for candidates like yourself. This is something, again, I know the debate is a big, a big part of, of, of this campaign and trying to answer some of the, uh, you know, some of the questions that have been asked and the issues that have been raised by the Brown campaign. But today is a big day too because the president is doing some tremendous things. Uh, his own personal approval rating is up so much higher than where even Obama's was a year ago at the or excuse me back uh, at the same stage of the, of their presidencies and it's because again as I said before of what a lot of his colleagues in the uh, Republican controlled House have done to vote for the tax cuts that have put more money in people's pockets to vote for deregulations uh, deregulating rather and uh, and and the president's agenda of of making business friendly in the United States again and in the state of Ohio uh, again. You have been a part of all of that along with your Republican colleagues. Not one. Single member of the Democrat Congress in either body, the House or the Senate, voted for hey, those Brant's things that have. Can we kill that, audio, please? Okay, Renace, that, well, hard, right can we kill that audio, please? And that is the Can we kill that audio, please? Apologies, Mister Renacci. We've got a commercial playing right now. Can we kill that audio, please? If you don't love those floors, okay. Floor uh, I uh, tell you what, we're going to go to commercial now so we can fix this. I'm going to come back and talk to you again on the other side, Congressman. All right, it's gone now. All right, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on in the studio. Uh, at at any rate, the president being in town is going to be talking about a story of success, and it's a story that can't be written without support of people like you. And I think this is a big, big moment for you, your campaign, and quite frank, cr- frankly, for the voters of Ohio to pay attention to tonight.
5: Well, absolutely. I look forward to welcoming the president to Ohio again. He and members of the administration have been extremely supportive of my campaign. The president will join Ohioans really to celebrate what you just said—the booming economy. We've got uh, Ohio's economy is growing. Unemployment is down wages are up i mean these are things the tax cut and jobs bill is working we've got two supreme court judges confirmed more circuit court judges confirmed than any other administration we've repealed the individual mandate renegotiated nafta passed right to try isis is on the run he's helped our coal miners in ohio he made promises promises made promises kept that's one of the reasons why i've supported him since day one we will continue to support him And that's really the key. He's coming in here to get the Ohio voters rallied up. But he's also coming in here to say we need to vote for Jim Renese. He told me he was coming back in. He's coming back in. And, uh, again, there's my $2 million commercial because I'm going to be able (laughs) to be there with the president tonight.
2: Absolutely, and again, you know the, the successes that we have enjoyed uh, um, uh, in the in the last two years, you know just as taxpayers and as uh, citizens and so on and so on and so forth they 've been tempered somewhat by the despicable actions of the the Democrats in in Congress, quite honestly, especially in the Senate. Uh, Sherrod Brown is part of them. Uh, can you tell me your views, Congressman Renacy, about the, the lack of civility, the calls for almost violence by so many in the Democrat Party, um, it, talking about getting up in people's faces, screaming at them, pushing them, telling them they're not welcome, uh, telling them uh, uh, to, uh, to, what did Eric Holder say a couple of days ago, when they go low, kick them while they're down there. Uh, There are people being attacked, people being harassed, people being intimidated, trying to drive conservatives and Republicans into the shadows for fear of being attacked, and I'm not hearing Democrats condemning this. The first Democrat I actually heard condemn this was yesterday, and it was former First Lady Michelle Obama. Sherrod Brown is not calling for civility. He's not condemning these calls for attacks. He's not condemning this mob behavior of of angry liberal protesters. And I find that, I find it reprehensible, quite frankly, and I find it indefensible as well.
5: Well, I do too. And again, you're exactly right. And Sherrod Brown, uh, that's why you don't see him too often in the public because he goes in these private door meetings and he, and he says some of the same things. He wants to stir up Uh, these individuals, which is sad, which is really sad. Look, I believe in a First Amendment right, and I believe in the right to peaceful protest. But getting up in someone's face, pounding on doors, interrupting them when they're at dinner, I mean, these are the kind of things that you don't see Republicans doing, but you see Democrats doing and Democrat representatives and leaders in the Democratic Party actually promoting, which is a serious, serious issue And it's one of the reasons why I'm just hoping people get out to vote. Look, I have said time and time again, if we have a red wave in Ohio on November 6th, we will send everybody, including Sherrod Brown, packing. But if people just sit home and don't make that effort to vote, we could have a very different Ohio and a very different Senate and a very different House, which would be very concerning for me after the last eight years where I fought so hard and and went into their into the den, uh, which I call the swamp, to to try and fix things, to see this all start to be reversed. Shame on us for not stepping up.
2: Completely agree. It, it is to, and, and really shame on. Shame on the, the, the your colleagues on the other side for not stepping up uh to be honest with you. So tonight very excited about it. It's uh, what it's the Warren County Fairgrounds, I guess, is where the president's gonna be tonight with you and uh uh campaigning for you, rallying for you, trying to tell everybody uh why it is that you deserve to uh replace Sherrod Brown in that Senate and how important is it to well not how important, we know how important it is. I mean the the future of our country is at stake, quite honestly. If the Democrats take over in either house and we have committee chairs like Maxine Waters and and committee chairs like Diane Feinstein uh, and uh, committee chairs like uh, Cory Booker and others. I mean, we're in a very, very dangerous place, so I know how important it is. But let me ask you instead, what's your confidence level? Do you think that the Kavanaugh... Um, atrocity, the the sleaze and smear campaign that they ran against him uh, that is rallying so many Republicans. Do you think it's going to be enough to put uh, Republicans over the top to turn blue seats like Sherrod Brown's to red ones and to keep uh, sitting Republicans in their places?
5: Well, look, the biggest problem in politics is people forget things two, three weeks down the road. Yeah. Some people say the worst thing that could happen in the Kavanaugh trial and situation, and I call it a trial even though it wasn't, but the worst thing that could have happened is that it happened four months early because political cycles usually don't last more than 30 days. And <clears throat> I saw that in my calls. I do a weekly tell the town hall. <clears throat> last week, everybody was talking about Kavanaugh. This week, no one was talking about Kavanaugh. So I'm hoping we're running some commercials to try and remind people. Look, it was a travesty. We have an individual with unsubstantiated un- <clears throat> unsubstantiated claims and they're saying he can't serve, yet you have Sherrod Brown with substantiated claims, with court records, three and a half years' worth of court records, and affidavits from his wife saying he abused her. He doesn't meet that same standard of conduct, and yet and yet, people are forgetting about that, and that's what I'm hoping people continue to remember, especially when it comes to Sherrod Brown. She may have forgiven him, but she has not recanted that he abused her and he neglected her, and those are the things that I'm hoping people remember. There should be nobody sitting in the United States Senate with that record. And shame on the newspapers who said, we've reported on this. I was at an interview last week with one of the newspapers. They didn't even know what I was talking about. And wow. that's the shame of it. Yet they will turn around and talk about things about me from 10 years ago and 12 years ago. And a, a tax issue, which I fought and won, they continue to bring that up, and they continue to talk about Sherrod Brown's ads which are false and misleading, but they won't talk about actual affidavits in a courtroom and abuse because they said it was already covered. And i got to tell you, Bob, when I travel the state of Ohio now, I ask that question, 90% of the people don't even know what ever happened. It's something that should be covered.
2: Congressman Jim Renacci, and you, by the way, I agree with everything you said, especially about three weeks later, people can forget about all these things and their anger subsides, and then maybe it's not as important to them to get to the polls as it would be. That's why I started uh, earlier this week when it, the first day of uh, of early voting uh, was here, and I told people, don't wait, don't wait until November sixth, don't wait until there are big long lines, and, and if you're if you remember everything that is driving you to vote Republican now, go vote now. Don't let the time go by uh, where you know your feelings can subside. Go to your local board of elections if you've got a lunch hour uh there's no lines now because it's not election day you can get in and get out inside of 10 minutes in most places i know because my wife and i have been doing this for the last several years we could do early voting so i'm telling everybody get out and cast your vote for jim and ac and for uh so many other republicans and against issue one uh do those things now so i just we'll just kind of continue to to pound that point home i think it's important um Congressman, really appreciate you coming on. Have a good time tonight, uh, meeting with and rallying with the president. I know it's going to be a big, big impact there, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon.
5: All right. Uh, thank you.
2: And good luck, by the way, on Sunday, debate number one. Very much looking forward to that performance, and we'll make sure to get let people know uh, where and uh, how to follow that as well. Congressman Jim Renacci joining us. It's 9.52. Uh, we'll get out and come back in again next, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 9.57, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer from Congressman Jim Renacci to would-be, could-be, wanna be Congressman Anthony Gonzalez coming up after the top of the hour news. Very much looking forward to catching up with him. I talked to Anthony during the primaries. I uh, had a really great conversation. He obviously won and is uh, now uh, uh, trying to succeed. Uh, Congressman Renacci, looking forward to hearing what he has to say today as we get closer and closer to Election Day. For now, though, we'll go to the phones. And Lisa Woods, our friend from McFan, otherwise known as Medina County Friends and Neighbors. Good morning, Lisa.
3: Good morning, Bob.
2: What's going on today? Hey, I
3: just, I just want to um, let folks know that Anthony Gonzalez will be speaking at the Coppertop in Valley City tomorrow at our McFan meeting.
2: He's and all over uh, the place then. He's on this sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's on this show, and then he'll be there tomorrow morning.
3: Oh, super, super. So, um... I hope folks will come out. Uh, the meeting is from 8.30 till 10 a.m., so you can uh, come out early and get your your day started. Um, there's a lot of door walking and so forth afterwards and, and lots of campaigns, and I just want to remind people that early voting has started. So it's really important to get out and talk to your friends and neighbors and, and tell them about the different candidates that we care about.
2: Yeah, it is, and I agree. I was just telling uh, Congressman Renacci, well, what I've been saying on these airwaves too uh, all week long, or uh, I forget which day was the first day for early voting, but it's now. Do it now. Don't wait until November sixth. You know, if it's if if they're predicting, as they are, a quote unquote blue wave, you don't wait until the last second to build a break wall. Do it right now. Get out there and vote. Get the Republicans that you support, which would hopefully be all of them, uh, get them a big lead. Get this uh, started before we get to election day, and people kind of lose. Their- their gumption and they lose their incentive and their excitement and their enthusiasm to go out there and uh, and do this. So I would say absolutely while you're still the you know the issues and the candidates and the Democrats dirty tactics are still fresh in your mind for goodness sakes go and vote now.
3: <laughs> yes, please. And and don't forget about all that that Soros money that's out there that's going against all the uh, opponents to the the conservatives that we love. You know like Frank LaRose um Gosh, just just all of them. It seems like all all of our statewide campaigns um, have been influenced um, for, on the Democratic side uh, by Soros and California money.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. It has, and that's why it's so important to uh, you know to fight back at the grassroots level. One more time, quickly, because I got news, time. Lisa. Tomorrow, eight o'clock. Tomorrow, eight a.m. Medina County 30. friends and neighbors. Eight oh thirty. Eight, eight thirty. 30. Yes. Eight 30 at, thirty at the Copper Top Coppertop Restaurant at the Cherokee Hills yeah. uh, Golf Course in Valley City.
3: Yeah, come see us on Facebook if you need more information, or people can always call. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Lisa. Have a great event with Anthony Gonzalez tomorrow. I'm going to have a great conversation with Anthony Gonzalez next, right after the news on AM 1420 The
3: Answer.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's...